Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix. Welcome back to Phoenix Rising, guys. Um, we have a little bit a different topic to go over today, Julie and I, and it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with dieting. I mean, we're not huge fans of dieting anyways, but we're going to definitely cover um, four ways to improve your health that have nothing to do with diet, basically. I mean, I just want to beat into people's heads that diet is just the way you eat like we've right. turned it into how it has to be this bad thing but it's just the the way that we we eat is the definition of that word so it has nothing to do with a calorie deficit or anything like that so we are going to talk a little bit about food but it's really just the way you eat right we should so. change the outlook on health of just being around weight loss a lot of people think health means losing weight and that's not what it's all about health encompasses so much more with how you feel how, how your body responds being pain-free uh hormone health there's so many different things involved in health besides the number on the scale right now i will say that a lot of times you will see health benefits after weight loss depending but it, of course it's it's the person it's dependent on the person because when you you know, if you are severely over, overweight or, you know, towards that obesity category, then yes. having that extra adipose and visceral fat on your body, it can for sure have some consequences on your health. Yes. Um, so, I mean, there is something to say about that. But, it, I mean, you can also have somebody that weighs 120 pounds and looks super athletic and is not healthy. Right. So, there is a, a huge difference between being, quote unquote, skinny and being healthy. Um, this is kind of, I think, what people were going for when they hit the healthy at every size movement, which we have already covered in a previous <laughs> episode. So if you didn't catch that, then, you know, rewind and maybe go back and listen to that one. But, you know, we both have our own opinions of that. But health isn't defined by a number on the scale, but it is de defined by the quality of your life and the, the quality of habits and things that you do. So that's what we're going to talk about is how to clean some of that stuff up that has really nothing to do with a calorie deficit or necessarily losing weight. Now, will these four things possibly help you lose weight? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll see a side effect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it will be just that though, a side effect. Yeah. But these are all things we preach to our clients about doing as well as their quote unquote diet, watching their macros, their calories. So yeah. these are things that have to be present in a fat loss journey. But if you're not after a fat loss journey and you just want to get healthier, these are your, your four tickets in, and again, you might see fat loss as a yeah. result. Aesthetics usually follow health. That's right. Yeah. All right, well, jump in and let's go over the, the first topic. All right, so the first thing we have <coughs> is if you want to improve your health without dieting is improve the quality of your sleep. So most adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep. Now, seven and nine hours of sleep does not mean 
seven hours of waking up, going to sleep, waking up, going to sleep. You need to try to get seven to nine consistent hours of good sleep. And a lot of times the way you can do that is by initiating a bedtime routine. And that sounds really silly for some of you out there, especially some of you that are adults, because you think of bedtime routines as reading a child a book and giving them a bath and putting them to bed. However, as an adult, there is something to be said about that. If you think about why you do a bedtime routine for a child, you do it so that they're gearing up for bed. They just kind of know that this is sleep time. The same thing can be said for you, your body and your internal clock. If you set a routine for yourself, your body will automatically start to wind itself down so you are ready for sleep. So things to help you get better, of course, the bedtime routine. So maybe you turn off all electronics two hours prior to bed. That means put your phone down, turn the TV off, maybe read a book, maybe meditate, maybe take a, a bath, an Epsom salt bath, um, or even just a bath. Maybe you don't have Epsom salts, but something um, to kind of relax your body. Um, if you can't, for whatever reason, turn off the phone, the computer, the tablet, the TV, maybe invest in some blue light blocking glasses to kind of help cut down on the blue lights. Those blue lights really are taking a toll. There's so many of them around in the fluorescent lights and our phones. Um, there is a setting on your phone. If you haven't turned it on, that will filter out the blue light. Um, it's not, it's not a hundred percent, but it definitely helps. Um, if you haven't turned that on, turn that on. Um, the blue light blockers will help you with the blue light coming from the TV, the computer screen, the tablet, whatever, because um, those blue lights will mess up your circadian rhythm. Yeah. And if let me interject here for a second. If you find you're struggling to put your phone down for 60 minutes before bed, there's definitely other issues at play besides sleep quality. If you can't allow yourself to put that phone down for an hour, you might want to do some deep dive in internally to wonder why you can't disconnect from that electronic device. Right. Well, and there's other tricks too. So, you know, I discovered a setting on my phone and I don't have, I mean, I guess now I do have a newer phone because I was forced to get one, but mine has a, a wind down routine. And so at seven o'clock, my phone automatically turns everything to black and white grayscale on the screen. It shuts up all notifications. Nothing happens, no sounds, nothing. Um, and so that helps too, because then of course, if your phone screen isn't super colorful, naturally you're not as attentive to what's going on. It's not as fascinating to you. So the attention span that you want to give it is much less. So yeah. that's also something you can try. Um, the other thing for quality of sleep is making sure that your environment is cooler. Most people sleep better when they're cooler. So this may mean turning down your thermostat or if you have a programmable thermostat, turning it down, uh, maybe sleeping with a fan maybe pulling a cover off the bed, but usually the, the good sleep temperature is anywhere between, I believe, 63 and 68 is, that's the numbers that are sticking out to me. We like- Mine would be like 60 if I could, if I could yeah, have it there. <laughs> yeah, mine also would probably be closer to 60 if I could, but yeah. we do turn our thermostat down to 68, um, or I'm sorry, 65 Yeah, I was night. like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, we turned it down to 65 at night, but we do also have a fan that blows on us, and most of the time I'm sleeping out from under the covers because I sleep with um, an oven, basically. Sorry. <laughs> um, but um, another thing too is, and some people can't do it and that's okay, but if you can, try to sleep either naked or in as few of clothes as possible. If you, even if you can take off the layers that sit 
right up against your skin, like underwear, bras, things like that. If you can take those off and sleep in just like a, a loose pair of shorts and a loose t-shirt, or even just try to take baby steps, like maybe try just sleeping shirtless or something like that. The less clothes you have on your body, usually the better you sleep. Um, but otherwise I would set up a, a good routine starting at a certain time. And I would follow that each night. You should try to get in bed by 10 every night, generally speaking, but some people that are going to bed now at midnight, you can't just jump right to 10 o'clock. So what you can do then is push your bedtime back by, by about 15 minutes every week until you get back to 10. And so that will be helpful for you to try to get on the right track and get to a better quality of sleep time. But you should try to go to sleep and wake up at the same time pretty much every day. And eventually your circadian rhythm will set itself up to where you may not even need an alarm clock. So those are all things you can do for quality sleep. Anything I forgot? No, um, I'm just going to recommend, of course, definitely choose one or two things that you think that you could start implementing today and don't try to go all in and do everything you heard Julie say. Of course, it's great to work your way up and all those things will be helpful, but you don't want to overwhelm yourself. Just pick one or two, whether that be put your phone down or sleep in cool temperature just ones that you know you're capable of and go from there. I mean, you're going to start, once you start to notice better quality of sleep and how much better you feel, it'll be so much easier to start implementing more of those steps. Yeah, of course. Start, you know, one habit at a time. You know, if, if you think you could benefit from all of the things I said, great, but only do one at a time because if not, you're going to, it's going to get overwhelming and you're going to give up. So okay. definitely take baby steps, but some people want to start with less clothes. Some people want to start with taking a bath. Some people want to start with the phone, whatever is going to work best for you, but yeah, ease into it by all means. Yeah. Okay. Well, ready to go. Number two. Yep. Number two. Let's go. Okay. So the next one we want to improve the quality of is your food. And I know we said we're not talking about diets and there's nothing about this per se as a diet. I just want you to really focus on just improving the quality. So what we are meaning by this is try to step away from those processed foods. And I know this is something that we beat to death and it's because it's so important. The foods we eat, you can barely qualify them as foods. Some of these prepackaged foods that are made up of 25 or 30 different ingredients that you can't even pronounce. Um, so step away from those and really focus on whole foods. So simply foods with very minimal ingredients. So five or less, I like to say. So, I mean, if you're going to go eat an apple, guess what? That doesn't have a food label. You're eating an apple. There's one ingredient in that apple. Um, but even some of the, the less processed foods. So when you're thinking of um, even some of the carb heavy foods when you're thinking of rice and oatmeal there's still very limited quality of of ingredients in those so not limited quality but quantity of ingredients in those so just focusing on those instead of those processed foods are gonna make your your health so much better and you'll be able to listen to those true satiety signals that your body's sending you with those whole foods because these processed foods they they spend so many hours in a lab creating these foods to make them more palatable, to make them tasty. I mean, even when it comes down to mouth feel, like they are so focused on making a Dorito a Dorito with that crunch, with the shape, how it fits in your mouth, with that triangle and the powder that it leaves behind on your fingers. Like they purposely 
leave that powder there because it makes it more addicting and makes us want to eat more of it. But there's no way you would overeat anything else. So I know Dorito is from corn, but thinking of a potato chip. So if you think of Lay's as a, like coming from a potato, there's no way you could overeat just a regular potato, even though it's made out of the same base ingredients. So just step away and try to, like I said, I'm sure you've heard this before, but work yourself around the outside of the store. Try to avoid those middle aisles and just really focus on whole foods, fruit, vegetables, um, whole grains, even dairy. If you're, if you can tolerate dairy, I mean, that's definitely a good place to, to begin. Yeah. I mean, I think too, along with food quality, I think something should be said about trying to avoid, I mean, it's not going to be probably realistic to completely 100% avoid them, but I would try to limit some of the artificial sweeteners and sugar because that can really cause a lot of inflammation in the body and inflammation in the body can cause to a lot of what do we say, dis-ease right. in the body. So whether that be, you know, autoimmune issues uh, can interrupt your sleep because your body's inflamed, which is a stressor on the body. So I think it's something to be said, though, about trying to limit inflammatory foods as well in that quality. That way your stress levels stay down. You don't have as much pain and discomfort or illness. Yeah. So Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying this show, please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on IG or Facebook and tag me on IG at Kaylee Montoya Fitness or on Facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals. All right, well, let's go on to number three now. So we're just going to focus on improving the quality of your movement. And you're probably wondering, like, what, what the hell do I mean by quality of movement? And I think this can be taken many different ways, but most of us um, don't focus on movement anymore. Most of us work desk jobs. Um, we drive absolutely everywhere you tend to find yourself and um i mean i've been guilty of this before especially if you're not eating good quality foods or getting that good quality sleep but you're going to try your body is going to try to limit the amount of movement because of the energy that you have available but you're going to drive around that parking lot and you're going to wait for that closest parking spot so you have less less time or less effort to walk so really try to pay attention to those and <clears throat> focusing on that movement and getting in some good quality steps on average most of the day because I mean if you were to even track most of us unfortunately walk less than 4,000 steps a day I mean that's under an hour of, of movement and that is crazy to think that for 23 hours out of the day we are sitting or laying down and not moving and we were just not developed this way in order to be so stationary um and when you do choose movement, whether that be walking or other movement, and you know us by now, unless this is your first episode, you're listening from us that we prioritize resistance training as a form of good quality exercise over the, the pounding of cardio. Now, cardio is, is a great thing to do and include in your workout, but it's not something that you should be focusing on for the majority of your movement or your exercise that's going to do... Um, a lot more damage in the long run, especially to the joints and other things if we're not focused on 
form and technique, just like you would in the gym. Um, you want to practice those moves. And I think a lot of people don't feel like you have to practice running. If you want to go run, a lot of people think I'm going to start running for weight loss. They just step out their front door and go run down the road. Yet they've never taken the time to actually learn how to run because that doesn't just come natural to us anymore. I mean, we were, we were built as endurance runners for hunting and gathering our food. We would track animals miles and miles, but we don't do that anymore. We drive to the grocery store for our food. I don't know. I've been in our Walmart <laughs> and sometimes if you want those sausages, you better get there because once Mrs. Jones gets there, it's mm, on. It's gone, right? Yeah. 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 But just paying attention to the quality of movement, learning and practicing these different movements and just pay attention to the signals that your body's sending you if you, if you are in pain, because if you're doing, if you're not focused on the quality of the movement and you do end up suffering from aches and pains, that's not normal. So you shouldn't wake up every morning and, and be hurting. Like that's a lot of people think I'm getting old. It's just naturally I'm going to, I'm going to have aches and pains. That's not natural for us to have aches and pains. You could be doing something about that by focusing on the quality of your movement, taking time to, to move more and focusing on mobility. So don't ever think that just because you're 40 now, you're going to have to suffer from those aches and pains for life because that's not true. Right. And well, and I think there's something to be said too about uh, the benefit of having some sort of a mobility routine, even if you don't work out, yeah. just focusing on general mobility for just for everyday life. I mean, not even because you're an athlete or you want to lift weights or anything like that, but keeping your body to where it's mobile is so beneficial to people yeah, just I mean, for everyday movements. Yeah. I mean, we want to stay independent as long as we can. So you're thinking when, as we age, you notice a lot of the older population, how they get that hump back or they're not able to reach over their head anymore. And again, people just classify that as getting old. Like it's inevitable that we're all going to be hunched back and we're all going to be able to not reach or bend over entire shoes, but this is not true. If you focused on keeping that mobility, focused on being able to reach overhead and being able to keep that mobility in your thoracic spine, like we're not all prone to have hunchbacks or not being able to open pickle jars or anything like that. Like it takes some dedication. It doesn't take a lot. I think a lot of people feel like they have to dedicate six, seven days a week. You can literally take 60 to 120 minutes a week in order to keep the strength and mobility that you have now for as long as you live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just adding one day in of resistance training if you have it. But even if you don't want to resistance train, if you haven't been doing mobility, add some mobility work in anything extra that you can do, even if you just give it 10 minutes a week, starting out with any small change you can make is mm -hmm. going to benefit what you were doing before. It's Doing 10 minutes of mobility work is going to be 10 minutes of sitting on the couch. Yep. So it's just small steps you have to take to start getting there. Yep. Okay. Anything right. else on three? Nope. I am good. All right. Let's move on to the last one. And I feel like the last one, I mean, I'm going to tell you a lot about a lot of other different things, but I think a lot of it, what we talked about previously in one, two, and three can also kind of fall in this category. I so agree. number four is improving the quality of your environment or your routines. And I added, of course, habits to that as well, because they're kind of habits and routines can be very similar. And so 
you know, of course, we've talked about a sleep routine. So obviously that and then food is going to be your environment. You know, you don't maybe don't keep the junk food in the house. Maybe don't keep the food that you're always craving in the house. Put a barrier there. So and then, of course, the movement. You, we talked about a mobility routine, making it a habit. So, of course, you can see where those three all fall into this. But I'm going to approach it with some other things as well. So when you're talking about a quality environment, I'm talking about if you're a person that finds that you have a lot of um, associations with people that are constantly negative or constantly bringing you down, you probably need to put some space there. I'm not telling you to walk away from a friendship. I'm not telling you to cut your family off. What I'm telling you is to give yourself some space. I recently had to do this and I recently had to set a boundary with somebody that I was close to, but there was just too much negativity and I was bringing it home and it was affecting my everyday life and I just couldn't let that happen anymore. I had to be in control of my own environment, so I had to set the boundary, so I had to put some space there. Do I hold ill feelings towards the person? No. Do I wish that they would do something to better their own situation and improve their attitude? I do, but that's not in my arena that is their responsibility not mine and so you can't take responsibility for other people you can only take responsibility for you and your environment and so you need to set that space there the other thing kind of along the same lines is if you are on social media and you find yourself following a lot of accounts that make you feel really badly about yourself or you're following accounts that you find that you're comparing yourself to these people whether it be a celebrity a fitness influencer or even just an acquaintance or a friend that you follow if you feel bad feelings when you look at their stuff or you find you're comparing yourself to them or their life or um, they just make you feel badly unfollow them it is not you don't have to unfriend them you know if it is somebody in your life that you know personally but you can unfollow them or you can mute them so you don't have to see it you do not have to look at that you do not have to subject yourself to things that make you feel bad feelings. Negativity can be just as bad for you and your mental health and your physical health as eating fast food. I mean, it can really be detrimental to you. So unfollow those accounts. I mean, take control of your own mental health and your own health and your own well-being and do some things for yourself. Um, I also... Um, as far as environment and routines and habits, uh, I would suggest even if you're not a journal person, pick up a 50 cent journal at the store and maybe start your day out every morning with writing down, you know, just maybe the top three things that you need to get done that day. Start the day out with good intentions. These are the things I really want to get done today. That way you're not, if you're having a day where you just feel kind of scatterbrained and all over the place, you at least know that these are the things you have to get done. You've started your day out with that intention to do that. Now, if you don't get those done, you know, life happens. Of course, don't let yourself feel bad for it. Go to bed, wake up the next day and start your day with intention again. That's all you can do. Um, along the same line, I like to start my day off with gratitude. Studies are showing that gratitude can really do a lot for your mental health and your physical health and well-being and really set a positive tone for the day so you know when you wake up if you can take you can even do a morning routine in as little as eight minutes and you could do you know your top three priorities for the day maybe three things you're grateful for and then maybe just some self-affirmations to really start getting yourself in a place of self-love and then maybe even a short two or three minute meditation and i'm not talking buddha you know, you don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor, 
you know, with your hands Om. on your knees. Om. Yeah, you don't have to do that. I mean, not anything against that. If you love doing it, great yeah, for you. I mean, but most people cannot focus that way. Yeah, I mean, for the people that it works for, again, it's what works for you. Maybe meditation doesn't work for you at all, but I definitely, I definitely push you to try it. And when I'm talking meditate, I mean, just sit there and quiet and let your thoughts come and let them go. Don't fight them. Don't fight to change them. Don't fight to push them out of your head. Just sit with them and just be at peace with your thoughts and know that you aren't your thoughts. Your thoughts are your own thing. They don't necessarily, they aren't true necessarily. Um, they're just thoughts. That's all they are. They have no power over you. Um, so, you know, and if you can do a morning routine, those are the things I would do. I would suggest meditation, gratitude, intentions and then of course if you can i would read a little bit just to kind of set the tone for the day you're starting off on a positive note um, but the same thing could be done at night you know a lot of people um, have found a lot of benefit from doing what's called a brain jump a brain dump journal right before bed so they just sit down right before they're going to bed and they get everything off their chest that has gone on for the day. Anything that might be bothering them, any anxieties, any um, anything that's maybe angered them or upset them throughout the day. They get it out all, all out on paper and then they go to bed and it usually helps them wake up with a clearer mind and less of that residual negative feelings from the night before. So all of these things are, are good things that you can implement. And again, don't feel like you have to take them all on at once. I don't expect you to be, play the hero. Pick a couple things and try them. They may not be for everybody. Not everybody is going to be a journal person. And that's fine. You don't have to be. But maybe meditation and just sitting in quiet for five minutes works for you and helps you get in the right headspace. Do that. I mean, these are the things, though, that you have to really focus on keeping yourself in a positive place human beings are wired naturally to be negative i don't know why i don't know who made us that way but we look for the negative and we if we aren't conscious about it we will stay there you have to put effort into being positive and finding the positive in things and so in order to do that, it's about your environment and making sure that you're only following those positive profiles, that you're having positive influences in your life, people that build you up and celebrate your wins and help, you know, talk you off a ledge if you're really having a rough day. You need those positive forces in your life. And so that is up to you to make sure that your quality of your environment is good. And of course, Part of that comes with healthy habits and healthy routines. And so we've talked a little bit about those, um, but they all kind of intertwine together and create this nice web. So in my opinion, unless Kaylee has anything else, we just pretty much set you up for four ways that you can take a positive impact on your health that don't re have anything to do with calorie surplus or any sort of a special diet that you have to do no that is great i don't really have anything else to add besides just know that we're talking about these things for overall health to boost your 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 mental health your mental well-being as long with your physical well-being but all of these things will help boost those other aspects of your life but as we spoke before aesthetics will always follow health so if you focus on these four things in your life, you're going to see amazing body composition change. I guarantee you 
you will see your body change in ways that you never have before. And it's all going to be an amazing side effect of just focusing on these four different things. You know, and this is not quite related. I mean, and you said something that really sparked a thought for me. And so I want to just go back to number four real quick, you know, the positivity and the negativity. One of the things, you know, I said us humans are all wired for negativity. But there's something to be said about mindset. If you can get yourself in a place of positive mindset and be very mindful about staying positive, and that doesn't mean that every day you're going to be 100% positive, bad things will happen and it will be difficult for you and that's okay, you're human. But when you are mostly in a positive mindset, when you start to get to where you are just mindlessly positive and you can see the good in even bad situations, you will find that you will see more positive things in the world around you rather than the negative. A lot of times people that are constantly negative, when something happens, they only see the negative. Oh, the worst things happen to me. I have the bad luck, blah, blah, blah. That's because they're only seeing the negative. I promise you there is a positive in every situation, even if the the only positive is the fact that you learned a lesson or that you learned to do something differently that's still a positive so it could be something terrible but there's going to be at least one positive there so i i urge you to find it so that's all i have i think it's a great way to end it okay all right guys have a great rest of your weekend and we'll catch you next week all right bye guys Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Rising. For more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals, follow me on IG or Facebook, or you can head over to KayleeMontoyaFitness.com to apply for a free coaching call today. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.